Girlfriends, episode number 123, How to Find Out Your Gifts. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about how you can find out your gifts and the ways in which God might be calling you to use them in your life. I can't wait to start this conversation. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me here for another show for another week. I love connecting with you here in this way. So thanks for being here. I'm recording this one outside. I wanted to record in the Tiki Hut. Those of you who have listened in the past know that sometimes during better weather, I sit out in the Tiki Hut. Yes, there's a Tiki Hut in our yard. My husband, Dan, built it for me as a 40th birthday gift. It's a really nice permanent structure that has a bar in it and uh, seating, and it's super nice. Um, But the Tiki Hut has not yet been cleared out for the season. That's how late a spring we have had this year. The grill is functional. I've been using the grill, but the seating area it has stuff piled up on it. Um, we actually had a, this is so weird, a princess bed delivered to us accidentally. We placed an order with Wayfair for some other pieces of furniture and this giant princess bed. It's like the bed frame for the bed. Um, it's kind of like a chariot or something and it's pink metal. That got delivered to us a couple of months ago, accidentally. And when we called Wayfair to have them uh, pick it up to return it, they ended up telling us uh, they weren't going to bother and we could keep it. Only problem is it's this giant thing and we don't know anybody who wants it. So if you happen to live within driving distance (laughs) of central New Hampshire and you would like a princess bed, I'm sure some little girl would love this thing. Um come on by. (laughs) Let me know. We'll have you come pick it up. I would love to give it to you. I don't want to just throw it away. It's a brand new, actually, you know, costs over a hundred dollars. And the other thing is, um, some people have said we can just sell it on, on Craigslist or whatever. I don't do that. That is way too much effort for me. Uh, and the added factor of you would have some stranger coming to your house or something. I'm not into the whole Craigslist scene. So, We've got this princess bed in my tiki hut to be resolved in in this week, I'm going to say during this week, because now the weather's good and I want to be out here um, recording the podcast. But anyway, I'm sitting in a different place in the yard and it's actually really beautiful out. It's still pretty early in the morning and the birds are out and the sun is shining. It's really a beautiful day to be sharing with my girlfriends. So this week we're going to be talking about how to find out your gifts. Now, this is a common topic. I think, in Catholic circles and something you see go around and there there often are different conversations about it. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of conversations about it recently, I think due in part to the fact that Jen Fulweiler has her new book out that's about pursuing your dreams. But I've seen lots of different Catholic circles talking about this idea of what are my gifts and how am I called to use them? And, um, you know, one thing that before I even start talking about how I I think it can be helpful to find out your gifts is I think it's important And I've seen that this is lacking in some of the conversations that I've been privy to. What's lacking is the idea of vocation. So let's start there. Let's remind ourselves of what a vocation is. And those of us who are called to motherhood, we're called to the vocation of marriage and and family life. So I want to start there because when you're trying to find out your gifts, 
you know, generally that's so you can find out what you should be doing, right? I mean, how you should be spending your time. And so it's really important that vocation be a part of this because this is this is part of one of the gifts, one of the great gifts is the teachings of the Catholic Church is that we have this concept of vocation, which is such an enlightening idea and it is such a countercultural idea. So I think it's important that we don't lose it um, inside of these conversations about how to how to find your gifts or, or how to pursue your dreams. So let's not leave out the idea of vocation. But so let's let's talk about that. What is vocation? What are we talking about? So if you're if you're called to the vocation of marriage and motherhood, and of course, I'm always telling you, and we talked about this when we talked about nurturing your mother heart, every woman is called to the vocation of motherhood, right? What, that's going to look different in every person's life, right? Um, but vocation isn't what you do. It's who you are. And I think that's such an important distinction to make. And I talk to my kids about this all the time because our culture tells you otherwise. Like our culture tells you like divvying up your time, whether it's between, you know, your marriage and your family or your work or your hobbies or, um, you know, volunteer work or, or whatever it might be, is really just about what you do. And I think it's important not to lose sight of the fact that vocation is who you are. And if God called you to be a mother, a mother is who you are. It's a core part of your identity. So it's not on equal par with these other things that we might pursue all very legitimately. And thanks be to God for the amazing women who do amazing things in academics and science and the arts and all different kinds of work. Thanks be to God for that. But what I'm saying here is that we we ought not to fall prey to the temptation of pursuing those things at the expense of who we are, who God called us to be at the expense of our vocation. And I'm not I'm not saying any any person in particular, uh, you know, publicly talking about this or not is doing that. But I, I just want to be, you know, be a little voice of a reminder that vocation is important and it's it's actually the most important thing. So we can't lose sight of that inside of these important conversations we're having when we talk about work and life balance, when we talk about what what are our gifts and how are we called to use them in service to God and in service to the people that God places in our lives, whether that's in our own families, in ministry that we might do, or work that we might do inside of a secular workplace. So of course, God calls us to all these different things, but sometimes we can get, kind of get lost in that discernment process. And I don't want us to lose sight of that idea of vocations because it's there, you know, there are too many inside of our, our popular culture, especially that encourage women to look for fulfillment outside of their vocation or in spite of it. Like your vocation to motherhood is like this obstacle that you got to kind of climb over or work around in, in order to find satisfaction and fulfillment in, in this world through the things that you're going to do. And now, you know, those of you who've read Momnipotent, these themes probably sound familiar. If you haven't read Momnipotent, that's, then you're interested in this topic. I really do recommend that you check it out. It's a book and a parish study program all about the vocation of motherhood and the idea that it's inside of our vocation to motherhood that we find fulfillment that we find happiness. And it's so tempting to listen to that cultural message that, well, motherhood is nice, but you got to kind of work around that in order to really find fulfillment and happiness in all of these other things that you might be called to do. And that doesn't mean you're not called to do other things, for sure. We're called to do all kinds of things. Women have so many different talents and gifts and skills. But it does mean, the idea of vocation does mean that you're going to find your ultimate fulfillment, peace, happiness, lasting joy, all that stuff we're always 
searching for, longing for, feeling that's lacking in our lives in various ways, you find that inside of your vocation, inside fully embracing that vocation. But it's so tempting to believe these other things, things that might be distractions are where we're going to find it in spite of our motherhood. Our motherhood's an obstacle we need to get around to get to it. It's so it's so tempting because vocation is sacrifice. It hurts. It doesn't come naturally to any of us. It's it's self-giving love. It's making a gift of yourself to another person, right? So does that make sense? We're talking about the idea of vocation and it's tempting to believe the message that, you know, motherhood is on equal par with all these other things you might do because it's so hard. Motherhood is so hard. And that's not unique to the vocation of marriage. It, every vocation is meant to be a gift of, of self to another or in service to others. Vocation is sacrifice. So this is a countercultural message that comes from our church. And so it can be very tempting to believe cultural messages that tell us otherwise and make it so that we, we might avoid that sacrifice or seek to avoid it. But I think we do so possibly at the expense of our own happiness, our own ultimate happiness, because our church teaches that it's inside of fully embracing our vocation, our call to self-gift in whatever form that takes in your life, that we find fulfillment and joy and meaning and purpose in our lives. It's inside of that relationship. So if you're a mom, if you're a mom in the traditional sense, if you're raising children, it's inside of that. And it's inside of your marriage, that self-gift to the other, that you will find lasting peace and joy and fulfillment. And that doesn't mean you don't do other things and it doesn't mean it's not important to do other things, but it does mean that you can't be looking for those things outside of that or in spite of that. I think that's what's really tempting inside of these conversations. And I've really seen a lack of conversation about this idea of vocation with regard to pursuing our gifts, finding out what our gifts are. But if you look at the idea of vocation, whether it's to marriage or to the priesthood or to religious life, Every one of them involves that sacrificial self-gift in service to the other. In marriage, it's it's a gift to your spouse and then through that to the children who are a, a fruit of your marriage. In the priesthood, it's self-gift in service to the church. In religious life, self-gift directly to God. Ultimately, all of these acts of self-gift are meant to be sort of a, a precursor to ultimately our communion with our creator in heaven. So they're a little foretaste of heaven through that self-gift. It's, you know, and it's so hard for our culture to get this right. And it's so hard for us who are living in this culture to get this right, because it's paradoxical. It doesn't make sense. You know, I'm going to, you know, that whole idea, I'm going to find myself by losing myself. I'm going to gain by completely giving up everything. I'm going to give all to another person. And that's that's how I'm going to find happiness. That's how I'm going to gain happiness. That doesn't sound right. It sounds like it hurts, you know, and many times it does. And in the ins and outs of it, I'm not saying, oh, fully embrace your vocation to motherhood and you'll instantly find lasting peace and joy and every bit of it's going to be all, you know, flowers and hearts and whatever. Of course not. But that's why we need to be cautious and we need to be careful in how we talk and how we think about these things, putting our vocation first, remembering this beautiful gift of a teaching that our church gives us because it's not inside of those outside pursuits that we're going to find happiness. It's not inside of that, that we find true meaning in our lives. It's inside of our vocations. And for those of us who are moms, 
and who are, are seeking to know our gifts and the ways in which we want to use them in service to others and service to God in the world. I think it's a wonderful motivation to want to know those things and to want to be using our gifts in the way that God intends us to. But I think it's also important to remember that idea of vocation first, that vocation is a self-gift, it's sacrifice. It's not just for a, a certain point of your life. You know, your vocation is your identity. It's who you are. It's not what you do. And that's so important too. Okay, so talking about finding out your gifts, I think um, it's important to, first of all, recognize like what, if you're struggling with this, and I know I know some people are, I hear from people all the time who are like, I'm not sure. Sometimes people are so sure, like this is my gift. This is my thing. This is what I'm good at. This is what I enjoy. And God means for me to use this. So if you're one of those, then it's obvious, you know, <laughs> what your gift is. But there are people who really do struggle with this. And um, so one of the things I, I think it's important to think about if you're trying to discern what your gifts are and how God wants you to use them is think about what you're what you're good at. And like I said, for some people, it's going to be obvious. But I recently heard a, a, another podcast where the guest was talking about finding out your gifts, um, not in a religious sense at all, but finding out what you're good at. And he summed it up as saying, your gift is what is easy for you, but hard for others. And we all have things like this. It might be something, you know, silly or like I... I use spreadsheets. I'm really good at spreadsheets. I'm using this example because I am terrible at spreadsheets. And I so admire those of you who use spreadsheets and actually know how to use them and use them well. And they're a great tool for you. Um, so maybe that, you know, and, and I'm not saying like you're discerning what to do with the rest of your life. And you're like, well, I'm good at spreadsheets. So I guess I need to be the spreadsheet person on every church committee or whatever. No, but, you know, that's one way of looking at like what is what is hard for some people that that comes easily for you. Maybe Maybe it's speaking in front of people. Maybe it's um, organization in your home. Maybe it's cooking or um, singing or, you know, whatever it is. Think about what is hard for other people that's easy for you. Because then if you're thinking about what's hard for other people, but um, you do it pretty well and pretty readily, then that is usually an opportunity to serve. Because let's use my silly spreadsheet example. You can do that in service to other people where other people are, are you know, kind of balking at the idea of using a spreadsheet or doing that part of uh, work inside of something. Um, or you can use it in service. Now, this is the thing. You can use it in service to the people inside of your own home. We just talked about vocation. So not losing sight of that. You have this gift. You have this talent. You can use it in service to the people in your own home. Um, so I, you know, that's one way is find out what, what you're good at, what comes easily for you. Um, but then, you know, not, not thinking that this means this is what you need to do for the rest of your life. I, I think it's also important to sometimes challenge ourselves. I know I've fallen into this with this kind of thinking like, well, I'm going to be the one who, who does, you know, this or, um, X, Y, or Z, because I, I'm always the one who does that because I'm good at it or whatever. But inside of especially volunteer opportunities or inside of kind of management of household tasks inside your home, I think it's important to challenge yourself and mix it up sometimes and, and make sure that you're not kind of falling into a rut of, you know, really limiting the ways in which you can serve other people. 
by only doing those things that you're good at or that come easily for you. We had that listener, I'm forgetting her name, I'm sorry, but thank you for your email, recently who shared about the fact that her husband is a professional chef and he went to help out at the food kitchen and uh, he thought he'd probably end up in the kitchen, but they didn't need that. They actually, I, I think, needed him to organize the schedule or, or something like that, something more mundane. And the people in the kitchen actually enjoyed already doing that task. So he he was given something else. And there's a, a certain level of humility in, being open to serving others in, you know, in ways that are going to be most helpful for them that maybe aren't a perfect fit for our gifts and talents. So that's one way that you can discern what your gifts are is think about what you're good at, what comes naturally for you. Another way is to ask other people. And now this may feel like compliment fishing or something along those lines, but it truly is not. I think um, you can just, you know, start with the people who are closest to you. Ask your spouse, ask your mom, ask your ask your kids or whatever um, what they what they think you're you're good at, what they think you do well. And um, I'm positive that they've already probably, you know, people in your life have given you feedback about things that you do well. And and you might be surprised by some of the things they've noticed that you're good at that you kind of take for granted and um, maybe not really recognizing that as a particular gift. So you can ask others what you're good at and kind of begin that conversation. Um, and getting their input can really be helpful in that it gives you another perspective. Okay, the third thing I want to encourage you to do if you're discerning what your gifts are, trying to find out what your gifts are, is to pray about it. Ask God what he wants you to be doing, how he wants you to be spending your time, what gifts he's given you. Ask him to open your eyes to opportunities to serve other people, whether it's through your particular gifts or in ways that you're less comfortable with. Just bring this to prayer. I think, you know, sometimes we make things more complicated than they need to be. This whole idea of like, what are my gifts? And kind of feeling paralyzed by it. Don't, don't do that. God doesn't want you to, you know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. But bring this to prayer if it's something that you're struggling with. Ask God in what ways he wants you to serve people, because that's what it's all about. You know, we're talking about this primary importance of vocation. Well, vocation is about service. It's about um, self-gift and service to others. And so just ask God to help you to see the ways in which he wants you to be serving others. And sometimes it's, it's a lot simpler than what we might otherwise think. Okay, the, the last point I want to make is um, to be open to the idea, if you're you know worried and, and praying about this idea of what your gifts are and how you might use them, is to be open to the idea that you might have not so obvious gifts. And I'm not saying this, this sounds like, it sounds so condescending, right? Like, oh, your gifts are special and hidden. Um, but <laughs> I truly mean this. I truly mean this, that, you know, the, what I'm thinking of is actually a conversation that I had with Amy Wellborn um, several years ago, where I don't even remember, I, I met her at a conference and we were just briefly talking, standing in like the, you know, the uh, conference center in between different booths. And uh, I love Amy Wellborn. Um, you know, those of you who go way back in the blogosphere also, I'm sure, have an appreciation for her. And she has so many wonderful books. And um, I, I've so admired her 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 faith and her spirituality and her writing, her work throughout the years. So um, I really enjoy any time I have an opportunity to have a conversation with her. So I just, I vividly remember this conversation I had with her where um, we were talking about this idea of people discerning their gifts. And she, um, and I hope I'm not misrepresenting Amy here, but she rolled her eyes just a little bit at the idea and was like, you know what, what about 
What about the, you know, the old man at my church who mops the floors every day? You know, like, is that his gift? Like, did he not discern his gifts? Right. Isn't it like, you know, and I think really what she was talking about is the idea of service, that it's not always about some glamorous idea of using our gifts. But, you know, that act of service, of course, is a gift. His his loyalty and his faithfulness and his service inside of that job, of course, is a gift. And it's a gift to that community and it's service to God. So, um, you know, be open to the idea that maybe the gifts that God has given you and intends for you to use in service, first of all, to your family and second of all, to the community at large, might not be a glamorous, you know, amazing talent that a lot of people are going to be applauding you for. And I'm not, you know, it's just, it's tempting to think along those lines. When you hear the word gifts, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be some amazing talent that I'm supposed to be using out there, you know. Um, But maybe it's not anything remotely like that, you know, and and that kind of brings me back to the idea of vocation and the idea of the fact that the the teachings of our church are countercultural. And it's really hard sometimes to separate those two because we've got the influence of the culture telling us, you know, go out and do whatever you want to do. And motherhood is great if if you like that. And it's it's a hobby and anybody can do it, you know, like let's not lose sight of the fact that in, inside of your vocation, you are irreplaceable to your family. You're an irreplaceable gift. God made you a mother inside of your family uniquely, uniquely gifted with all of the strengths and talents that you need to accomplish that well. And if you're being distracted by this idea of like figuring out like, what are my gifts that I'm meant to use outside of this so that I can find fulfillment outside of this calling to motherhood, then I I think that's really a dangerous temptation, a dangerous distraction. Because like I said, it doesn't, it's not supposed to be all about us. And um, I think in some of the conversations that I've seen, not just recently, but in, you know, over the years, you know, I've been, I've been in Catholic blogosphere and on forums and uh, privy to all different kinds of, you know, conversations at conferences and whatnot for a long time. And so uh, uh, once you've done that for a few years, you kind of see there's a cycle of these things and and they kind of, they kind of cycle through and these topics come up again and again. And I think it's so important that we talk about them. I think it's so important that we, we do talk about these things that are, that are, you know, uh, the parts of the culture that are affecting us and how they line up. And, And let's talk about how they line up with Catholic teaching. So, but I think it's important not to, not to make it all about us. You know, this idea of hidden talent or hidden gift, well, that's not so glamorous, right? Or mopping the floors of the church every day, that's not so glamorous. Mopping the floors in your own darn kitchen every day, not so glamorous, right? But, and and it doesn't feel like a gift. It doesn't, you know, it's it's not fancy like that. You're not going to wrap up this this gift of floor mopping, right? But um, I think that's because we're falling prey to the temptation of making it all about us. Like, how can I use my gifts for my greater glory, right? And of course, that's not what we're called to do. And it's hard to do the other thing, which is use our gifts in service to God for his glory, in service to other people, whether we're getting applauded for it or not, in service to the church, whether people are noticing our efforts and telling us how awesome we are or not. But let's not lose sight of that idea of vocation. And you fall prey to that temptation to, you know, seek what the culture tells us to seek, seek fulfillment in those secular ideas of what, you know, the world is going to tell us where we find fulfillment. The world is going to tell you you're insane if you 
find meaning and value and fulfillment inside service to others. They're going to tell you you're crazy to think you need to give yourself, give all in order to find yourself. And, you know, so, but that's what our church is telling us. So, you know, let, let's be, if, as long as we're on this path of discernment about our gifts, let's be discerning about what messages we're listening to. And let's not lose sight of that idea of vocation. And also, you know, one, one final point I want to make while on this topic is that the idea that we, we do make it sometimes more complicated. There are whole like books and workshops and webinars all about like how to find out what your gifts are. And I mean, I think that's great because, you know, for sure, these are conversations we should have and people should be aware of and talking about the ways in which they might be called to be of service to other people and to be of service to God's church while they're here on earth. Um, but sometimes that can lead to confusion for some people, like that paralysis I told you about where, you know, certain people email me and they're like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, we make it more complicated than it needs to be. I'm always telling people, women especially, who are, you know, struggling with this idea, you want to know God's will for you? Well, it's not complicated. Like, look inside your living room. It's probably standing in your living room asking you what's for dinner. There's God's will, right? There's the next thing you're supposed to be doing. And I'm not saying <laughs> that example because all women need to be in the kitchen making dinner. But I am saying that look around you. There's God's will for you. Look around you. That's what God is calling you to do. Being holy is not a complicated thing. The, you know, it shouldn't take, you know, workshops and, and webinars and, you know, reading volumes in order to figure out how to be holy. That part's easy. We know how to be holy, right? It's, it's that act of self-gift and service to other people. It's the doing part that's hard. It's the doing part that's complicated because we get in our own way and it's tempting to work around that doing part or to be distracted from it because it is sacrifice. There's nothing about sacrifice that comes naturally to any one of us. And you're lying if you say it does. And the saints, even the great saints and, you know, throughout the history of our church have struggled with this idea of sacrifice. And um, so I think it's, you know, let's let's not lose sight of that idea of the value of sacrifice and service to others and the idea of vocation. But, you know, it, inside of that vocation, God is calling you to use your gifts. So it is important to think about these things. It is important to pray about it, to ask other people in your life how you might, you know, be able to serve other people, what kind of gifts you have. Um, it is important to have these conversations. So that's my two cents worth. Um, if you've been engaged in some of these conversations recently or in the past, or if this is something that you've struggled with, I would love to hear your thoughts on the idea of discerning your gifts, how to find out your gifts, and um, the ways in which that lines up with vocation to marriage and family life. I would love to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com, or you can record a voicemail and send it in so that I might include it in a future episode of the Girlfriends podcast. You know I love to add your voice here at Girlfriends. You can also connect with me on Voxer. There's a link in the show notes for every episode of Girlfriends friends to connect with me on Voxer. And if you don't know what that is, check it out. It's a fun, easy app, V-O-X-E-R. You add it to your phone and um, just add people as contacts. And you can do that through the link you can contact, um, add me as a contact. And then you, your, your phone's kind of like a walkie-talkie. You just push a button and you can send a voice message to all of your friends, all of your family, and to the Girlfriends Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. 
I just want to take a moment to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you the Girlfriends podcast every week. You can find out more about Ascension and their faith formation products, their media, their free videos and podcast content, all kinds of great Catholic content at ascensionpress.com. I also want to thank those of you who recently gave Girlfriends some iTunes reviews. One recent iTunes review doesn't have a name attached to it, but it's called Humble Confidence and says, one thing that I really respect about Danielle is her honesty and vulnerability. She's open about her weaknesses, which makes it so easy to listen to her encouragement. She gets being a woman. Her talks are full of what I once read in the book titled I Believe in Love called Humble Confidence. Well, that sounds like a really good book. So thank you, um, anonymous person, for that review. And thank you to others who have left iTunes reviews. For those of you who haven't, please just consider taking a moment. If you appreciate the Girlfriends podcast, share it with other people. And one way that you can share it and help grow our community of girlfriends here is by leaving an iTunes review. Just click the little ratings get the, the for the number of stars and then you can leave a couple of sentences for a review. It takes just a few minutes. I, I've done it for other podcasts that I appreciate because I think that little bit of time is worth investing in order to get the word out about the good work that some people are doing. So if you appreciate the Girlfriends podcast and you want to help me to grow our community of girlfriends here, that sharing a review on iTunes is one really powerful way that uh, you can do that. And I'm so grateful for the time that you take to do that. If you don't listen on iTunes or if you're not able to do that, just sharing with your family and friends, other people that you think might enjoy the podcast, just sharing a link on social media or even just in person. Word of mouth is really a powerful way to grow our community as well. So thank you all for the different ways that you've been doing that. Okay, I got a little bit of feedback, speaking of feedback, from listener Karen, who um, has a question. She says, Dear Danielle, I love your podcast. I am really struggling with making fitness a part of my life on a regular basis. You and others inspire me with your dedication to various workouts, and I find myself scrolling through social media and picking out all these different fitness programs that I want to try, but then nothing. I don't do them. If I'm being honest, I think I'm just lazy. I do have time early in the morning and during kids' naps, and my husband is a great help and would watch the kids in order for me to go to the gym anytime, but I am truly lacking motivation. Any ideas for helping me get out of my own way, Karen? Okay, Karen. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm glad you are are holding me up on this this pedestal as like a fitness expert. <laughs> but uh, truly, uh, I've gone through different seasons in my life where um, I, I've really struggled with making fitness a regular part of my life, and I've gone through times in my life where. I didn't consider it a priority. And um, I regret that, actually. I think it's important for us to be taking care of our bodies. And that doesn't mean every one of us needs to be a fitness guru. But it is an important part of a balanced life. It's an important part of caring for ourselves and caring for our families, ultimately. Um, our health is important. So I'm glad that you're reaching out. And I'm glad you consider this important enough to address it in your life. And uh, I love your honesty <laughs> that you feel like you maybe you're just lazy. So the first step is recognize the problem. And you've done that you have recognized that this is a problem for you and um, then decide that it, it matters enough that you want to do something about it. So um, it sounds like for you, you've been kind of replacing doing it 
with scrolling through social media, checking out new different workouts, checking out all your different options for uh, fitness, listening to podcasts about it, um, or just, you know, thinking about it and then emailing me about it. You know, all of these things are like, you're, you're kind of doing the right thing, but you're not quite following through, you know, so recognize that that's the issue that you're kind of distracting yourself with this whole process. And it really does take just doing it. So decide that you don't want to continue replacing action with all of these little things that feel like action and might be satisfying that level of guilt you have about avoiding this and um, decide that you do want to make it a priority. And then I really want to encourage you start small. It sounds like maybe you, you've got a, a genuine interest in different kinds of fitness programs and all the different, there's so many options out there. It's easy to get overwhelmed. And that might be part of your your inability to take action here is that you are feeling overwhelmed. There's so much information and every next thing that you read about, you're like, oh, I should try that. I should try that. I should try that. I, I fall prey to that sometimes. If you start, if you start clicking, <laughs> there's so much out there and it's all great, you know? Um, and how can you know which one thing is going to work for you? Well, the fact is anyone one thing could possibly work for you. Just start small. Start by making it a regular part of your life. You mentioned different times in the day where you could do it. Then maybe don't start some big fitness program that's going to feel overwhelming to you. Just start by going for a walk during that time each day or start by doing a, you know, a, a short stretching routine or something that's like limited in time and scope so that you don't feel overwhelmed by it. And I really think making it something as easy as walking is kind of key to, you know, kind of stepping into that. Because if you're going in and it's like a major program and it's like, you know, that, um, what is that one called from Beachbody? I've been seeing 80 day obsession, like 80 days, you know, you're committing to 80 days. And if you fall short of that, that's a fail. You know, I don't recommend doing that. I mean, I, I'm not speaking about 80 day obsession or whatever. It could be a great program, but it does. I don't think that's where you should you should start. I think you should start really small and make it simple so that it feels doable and not overwhelming. And yeah, maybe you're thinking, especially if you're very aware of all these different programs and different ideas for fitness routines out there that, oh, that's lame. I can't just go for a walk every day. That doesn't count. But it totally does. It's a step in the right direction and allow yourself to take that. You know, forgive yourself for wherever you are with your, your fitness level, because I think sometimes we're tempted to take on these giant programs and things like you know, um, that, that are kind of extreme right at the start, like going from zero to 60 in just a few seconds, because we're, we kind of want to punish ourselves for, for where we are. Like I've, I've been so lazy. I've just, I haven't been committed to this in the way that I know I should. And so now I need to beat myself up for it. Well, no, you don't start small with a, with a forward step in the right direction. And you're much more likely to stick to it, to follow through, to find it being a regular and enjoyable part of your daily routine. So don't let yourself fall prey to that overwhelm and just start super small and simple, putting on some sneakers and, and going outside and walking around. Okay. And then finally, I want to encourage you to give yourself a reward, even for doing that one dumb thing, like going for a 15 minute walk you know, find out what's what's meaningful to you, what will what will make you feel um, like you're getting rewarded for it and allow yourself to have that reward. And don't tell yourself it's dumb. We talked about this when we were talking about procrastinating. It's not dumb to reward yourself. We all have these needs for like built in motivations inside of the things that we're reluctant to make a regular part of our life, but that we know are good for us. So really, that's all the advice I have for you, Karen. I know this is a common struggle. And like I said, it's something that I have certainly struggled with. I haven't always been awesome at it. And I'm not currently an expert in any way, shape or form at fitness. But I do now regularly 
enjoy engaging in different kinds of exercise programs, exercise activities, everything from running to, to lifting weights and um, just going for a walk. There are plenty of days where I can't fit a particular you know workout into my schedule and I make my peace with that. And I will try to work in some walking or, or whatever inside of my day. And I think it's all about that balance that don't have that all or nothing mentality. I hope this is helpful to you, Karen. If this is something you've struggled with and you have some ideas that you want to share with Karen or some words of encouragement, please send them to me, Danielle at DanielleBean.com or let's connect on social media or send me a voicemail and I'll be glad to include your feedback in an upcoming episode of Girlfriends. And finally, I want to remind those of you in the New Hampshire area that I am going to be at Christ the King Parish in Concord, New Hampshire, Saturday, June 23rd, giving my You're Worth It retreat. I would really love to meet you there. I always love the opportunity to give this particular retreat. It is based on the themes in my book, You're Worth It, which is um, stories of women in the Gospels and Jesus's interaction with real women in these real Bible stories from so long ago and what we can learn about God's unique love for women from these interactions that Jesus had with real women in the Gospel stories. You know, we've talked a little bit about um, Gospel stories and and. Jesus's words inside of different episodes of the Girlfriends podcast. But this is something I'm really passionate about that I really believe we are called to see ourselves inside of the gospel stories. We're called to see ourselves in scripture. And one powerful way we can do that is by reading these stories of Jesus and the ways in which he touched and healed and spoke to and um, ministered to women, real women in, in the gospel stories. And what that tells us about the ways in which he loves us and wants to love us, the ways in which he wants us to grow closer to him, the ways in which we're unique as women and that he loves us in a unique way inside of our womanhood. So if you're interested in the You're Worth It retreat and you're in the New Hampshire area, please come out to Saturday, June 23rd. I'll have all the information to register in the show notes uh, for this episode of Girlfriends. But if you're not in the area and you're interested in bringing the retreat to your part of the world, whether it's through your women's group, through your church, I've done the retreat through parishes, through women's groups, and also just sometimes through a group of girlfriends that got together and figured out a way to make it happen. And it's always a joy to be able to get together and share this important message of Jesus's love for you, his unique, intimate, personal love that he has for you and for the women of your community. It's a great gift to be able to share that with women from all walks of life. So if you're interested in finding out more about the You're Worth It retreat, you can find out more at daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. I'd love the opportunity to bring this important message to you and the women of your community. And now back full circle to this idea of vocation. I am hearing some rustlings going on inside the house. It sounds like some other members of my family are up and possibly seeking things like breakfast and guidance with their schoolwork. So I'm going to head indoors. But thank you for spending this time with me here on this beautiful spring day. Thank you for whatever part of your world you've invited me into by putting in those earbuds and hitting play on this episode of Girlfriends. I love that we're able to connect this way. And I'm so encouraged by the fact that you're out there and that you're listening. Thank you for being an important part of this community of Girlfriends. And until next week, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. 
Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 